Good morning, y'all. My name is Zach. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Colossians 1, 1 through 6. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy temple in the city of Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God our Father for our Lord is Jesus Christ. For we have heard your, of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it has changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truths of God's wonderful grace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God is not a God of coincidence, and today is just a message on the hope of the gospel, um, what the gospel is, the beauty of it, and just that by faith we embrace it and we cling to it in hope of, of what God has promised us in Jesus Christ. We've been walking through this series of knowing God and just what that means to know him and walk in relationship with him. And guys, I, I, we all understand that our relationship with the Lord, right, it is through faith in Jesus Christ, his only son that has come to this earth, lived a perfect sinless life, died in our place on the cross to bear the weight of God's wrath and the judgment upon our sin, took that upon himself for us, and then rose from the dead for our eternal salvation, for all who put their faith in Jesus Christ. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. And that's the beginning of that relationship. And then for the rest of our lives, we are just hoping that in the Holy Spirit, we are learning to grow in that relationship, to walk with him, to know him, to trust him, to follow him, to know what it looks like to do the things and live the life that he's calling us into. And so we've just been throughout this series, and this is the last day of the series. So if you want to go and watch or listen to some, other, some of the other messages, we've just been talking about those, the gifts that God's given us to be able to walk out that faith, right? To live it out. Um, Paul writes in Philippians 2, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's what that means, just to, to work it out, to live it out, right? To let it be active in us and through us. So we talked about reading our Bibles and praying and being connected in the church and serving and giving and being good stewards of all the things that God has given us. All these are just gifts, right? That God has allowed us to have as his people. And today, um, really, we're gonna look at the last two kind of spiritual disciplines, these gifts that God has given us to allow us to experience the life that he's called us into. And they are really to, to make disciples and to be witnesses of the gospel of Jesus. This is our call. This is our job as Christian people. Um, and I say job, and I hope that doesn't make it sound um, just boring and lifeless because it's exactly the opposite. I would submit to you that if you're not living your life, letting the gospel do its work in you and through you, to make disciples and be witnesses of Jesus Christ, if you're not doing that as a Christian, you probably are bored in your faith. You probably struggle at times. Just, man, what this Christian thing just doesn't seem all that exciting. It's not really life-giving to me. It's not really, I mean, Jesus promised his disciples, Matthew 28, that if we would go make disciples, that he would what? Be with us to the very end of the age. 
Like we will experience him. We will know him as we let the gospel do its work in us and through us. So really the two main points today are the gospel bears fruit in us and the gospel bears fruit through us. That's what it does. It always does that. So if you guys will open up with me, Colossians 1. Point number one, the gospel bears fruit in us. He said, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. The faith and the love that spring from the hope that is stored up in you, stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the spirit. So the gospel bears fruit, first of all, in us. So what is the method by which God does this? How does God bear fruit in your life, in your soul, in your heart by the gospel? Well, I think we kind of have some good hints in here in Colossians chapter 1 that Paul's kind of laying out for us how this actually happens in our lives. If you are a Christian, these things that I'm about to name, these things have happened to you. So number one, we have to hear it right? The gospel, how does it begin to bear fruit? You hear it. He said, since the very first day you heard about the word of truth, you have already heard it, verse five, right? The gospel has come to you, verse six. This is what he said. The gospel comes to us first. We hear it. We must hear it. Now, when I say hear it, maybe it's you read it in scripture. Maybe somebody tells you about it. A friend told you about it. Raise your hand if you became a Christian because a person told you, like a friend told you the gospel. Anybody that's true of? Yeah. Okay, cool. Raise your hand if you became a Christian because you heard it preached in church. You heard it preached in church. Awesome. Anybody become a Christian because you read it in the Bible? Like you just read it one day and you're like, man, I believe that. I want to come to faith in Jesus. Just for that sometimes, maybe. Um, But listen, any of those ways, this can happen where we hear or we receive the gospel. The gospel comes to us either through the reading of it. But most often, as Paul is saying here, someone tells us. A friend told you or a preacher told you at some point, you went, that's how I became a Christian. I was eight years old. I heard a preacher share the gospel. I was like, man, that sounds awesome. I believe it. So that's the first step. You hear it. Number two, you understand it. You understand it. Look at what he said again, verse six. He said, the gospel has come to you all over the world. This gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all his truth. We We hear it and we understand it. This is the fruit that begins to to bear in our lives, right? And he says, you heard it and then you began to understand it. And number three, you believe it. That's faith. So you hear it, you understand it, it actually begins to make sense to you because you might hear the gospel a hundred times and it makes no sense to you, right? Raise your hand if you became a Christian after having heard the gospel many times and then finally one day you became a Christian. Raise your hand. That's true of you. Okay, for a lot of us, right? You've, You've heard it a bunch of times. And then eventually, one day, however God wanted to choose to make that happen on that day, he opened your eyes by the Holy Spirit to hear and to understand. And then step three, to receive, to believe the gospel by faith, right? So he said, again, he said in verse four, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Verse five, the faith and the love that spring from the hope. So what does that mean? I want to hang out there for just a second. The faith and the love, he said, that spring from the hope. This is the way the gospel is bearing fruit in you. So so what does that mean? In in scripture, we actually see all over the place that faith and hope in particular, faith and hope are very inseparable ideas, concepts. 
That faith and hope are always connected together, especially as, as Paul writes this. You guys know 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love, right? These three remain, and the greatest of these is love. But faith and hope are often uh, connected together. 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter writes that we are given new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Same language Paul uses here, kept in heaven for you. That's the hope. And so here, here's what I believe Paul means by that. And this is kind of the way that the gospel bears fruit in us. That there is a time when you hear of the hope of the gospel, right? That's when somebody's sharing the gospel with you or you're reading it in scripture. You're hearing about what Jesus has done for you, what he's accomplished for you on the cross and in his resurrection, that he has offered to you forgiveness of sins, redemption and hope and adoption and freedom and power over sin and death in the name of Jesus Christ. And by his Holy Spirit that would live inside of you, you hear this good news and it's at some point in your life, it's craziness to you. And then at another point in your life, when God opens your eyes to it, you see it and it becomes hope to you, right? It becomes this thing that you see off in the distance of just like, I, I see what God's done for me now. I understand it. It has become for me riches. It has become for me beautiful and wonderful and hopeful. And then what is faith? That's hope. What is faith? Faith is when we reach out and cling on to it. Right? It's when we go, yes, it's mine. I want it. I believe it. I see that Jesus didn't just do that out in the ether. He did it for me, just as he did it for you. He did it for us to save us, to bring us to God. And so hope and faith in that way, that's how they work together, that God helps us to see what we shouldn't be able to see otherwise by hope. And then we cling to it in faith. And so we become, in that moment, we become Christians. A um, little illustration. And just uh, forgive the, you know, if, if you're bothered by the fact that this is a $100 bill, just forgive that for a second. But this is a, I had to take out a loan, and I did, and I got myself some gas money, a little $100 bill here. It's a $100 bill. This maybe help us understand this hope and faith thing, right? At a certain point in a, in a person's life, this has no meaning. It has no value, right? If you ask a three-year-old, do they give a rip about this? They don't. It's not shiny, not flashy, not sparkly. There's no glitter on this thing. It doesn't bounce. It doesn't roll. You can't throw it, really. You can't play with it. It doesn't make noise. It doesn't sing songs. All the things that three-year-olds love, right? It does none of that stuff. Meaningless, useless, blah, don't want it. Three-year-old doesn't care. All of us, we understand that this is valuable, right? This has value. And the things that the three-year-old wants, this could get all of those things for them. Right? But the three-year-old doesn't understand that. There's no way they can understand that. This is just, it's not fun to them. It's not good to them. It doesn't taste good. They, they can't eat it. They don't want it. But at a certain point, you, you understand what this is, right? You get what I'm saying? You understand at some point that this is meaningful and valuable. And especially when, by the way, and I think this is so helpful for us as we think about what the gospel is to us, especially when we understand our need for it, our destitution, right? Our hopelessness and our helplessness and our poverty. That when we see that the gospel is this wonderful, beautiful, valuable thing, man, we just, we want that more than we want anything else. And so there comes a point in our lives when, yes, we get to hear the gospel and our eyes are open to the wonder of it. And we see the hope and we reach and we cling to it. If you are a Christian, that happened to you at some point. You saw the hope and you reached out in faith and you said, yes, it's mine. 
I want to be part of it. I want to know this Jesus. I want to walk with him. And I want to give up everything else in my life to get it, no matter what it takes. I want that. That's what I want more than anything else. If you're a Christian, that's happened to you. If you're not a Christian, the hope is here. It's in Christ Jesus. It's available. And of all days today, I would just, I would implore you to cling to the hope of Jesus Christ. Not tomorrow. Now. To come and to say yes to Jesus, to hold on to him, because really, you know, he's holding on to you. And that's the hope that it's kept. Paul said it's kept for us in heaven. And it's then when we cling to it and we, we draw near to it, it bears fruit in us and through us. He says the faith, by the way, and the love that you have for all the saints, the faith and the love that spring from the hope, right? So there's the hope. We've grabbed hold of it by faith. And where does the love come in? So here's the second part. The gospel doesn't just bear fruit in us. It bears fruit through us. It bears fruit through us. He said, man, I'm so glad I, I keep praying for you guys because I've heard of the, the, the faith that you have in Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. So the first way that the gospel begins to bear fruit in our lives is for the love in the love that we have for one another. The love of the family of God for each other. That's really the first fruits of that faith that you've now clung on. You confess Jesus Christ as Lord. You're baptized in his name. You've committed yourself to identify with Jesus for the rest of your life. And now you realize, I have a whole family who's made the same confession. They have the same love for God, for Jesus, for one another. Now we love each other. It's just unique. Read the book of Acts. 3,000 become Christians in Acts chapter 2, and in one day, they become this family, this community, and it's brand new, and it's beautiful. They're sharing life. They're doing it together. They're serving each other. They're breaking bread together in their homes, glad and sincere hearts, enjoying the favor of all the people, and God is adding to their number every single day. It's going on. Why? Because they've all clung to the same hope. It's just like this big circle of people just all clinging on to Jesus going, it's him. Like we're all different. We all got different backgrounds. We all come from different places. But man, Jesus is our commonality. And we want him and we cling to him in faith. And so the first fruit of that hope and faith that, that comes out of that is love, that we love one another. But not just that. He says the gospel, because it's bearing fruit through us, he even tells them the gospel is bearing fruit all over the world. Right? Did you hear that part? He says, verse 6, that has come to you all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and it's growing. So what, what's happening all over the world? The gospel continues to move forward. It continues to bear fruit. It continues to bear kingdom fruit, right? To reach more people, to bring more people into the hope that we have in the gospel. If you have the hope of the gospel, if you've clung to it in faith, now, the question is, what are you doing with that hope? What are you doing with that faith? Is it working out of you in love for your brothers and sisters and in the witness to those who don't yet believe? Because we are surrounded by people who don't yet have, man, the saddest thing in the world is people who don't yet have the hope of Jesus. I say that and I think, you know, maybe we don't think that's the saddest thing in the world. That it is. The saddest thing in the world is a person 
that doesn't have the hope of Christ Jesus in their life? What do they have hope in? Without the hope of Jesus, and, and Paul calls it a confident hope, right? That, that word hope is the word, it's the word confidence. It's the word, I know, I'm sure of this. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the confidence in things not yet seen, right? So we have this confident hope. We believe it, we cling to it in faith. Those who don't know Jesus yet, man, they, they have wishful thinking at best. It's all they have. Man, they might say hope, but all they mean is wishfully thinking. I'm wishfully thinking and, and, and hoping and dreaming and putting good vibes out into the universe that someday something's going to be better for me. That's all they have. Grasping at straws, nothing. And we, who have a firm foundation, who have a bedrock, who have an anchor for our souls that we're holding on to, would we be so callous as to not share the hope that we have with them? To not let them know there's something better. There's something more meaningful. There's something true. There's something right. There's something steadfast. There's something unmovable and eternal. And it's Jesus. I know him. I want you to know him. Again, if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know him, today, grab hold by faith of the hope that is laid up for you in heaven. Forgiveness of sin. Redemption in Christ Jesus today. And for the rest of us, today, share it with someone else. The gospel, it bears fruit in us and it must bear fruit through us. And so just to kind of conclude there, um, I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come on back out. I'm going to shorten my message today. Honestly, I just didn't feel like I needed all the other things. Um, just to keep it simple today, the gospel bears fruit in us. The gospel bears fruit through us. To maybe say it another way, if you are believing the gospel you must be living the gospel. If you believe it, you should live it. And if you're not living it, either you don't believe it, or you're, again, you're just quenching the Holy Spirit and you're going to live your life frustrated and bored in your faith. You believe it, live it out. And let God, the fruit that he's bearing in your life, come out of your life in the two main ways, the two main ways that the fruit of uh, the, the gospel comes out of our lives is exactly what Paul's describing to the Colossians here. It's discipleship, growing together with one another, love for each other, and all this is discipleship. Discipleship means the Christian people helping one another walk with Jesus together. Okay, if you're, if you're a young Christian, you should surround yourselves with older Christians. Maybe some specific older Christian that you want to ask, hey, would you help me to walk with Jesus more closely? If you're an older Christian, and when I say older, I just mean you've been in, you've been in your faith longer. Okay, um, not necessarily by age, but just you've been in your faith longer. You should be having the mindset all the time, I want to come alongside younger Christians to help them to know Jesus and the hope, to cling more steadfastly to that hope and to walk out their faith every single day. That's discipleship. It should be happening all the time in the church. It's a huge part of why we do growth groups, why we have serving teams, right? Why, why we gather together weekly, constantly, consistently. We want to help one another to grow. And listen, if you need help with this, you need help finding somebody who can kind of walk beside you in discipleship, come ask, let us know how we can help you. But the other, the other way, in which the gospel bears fruit through us most uh, evidently. That's, that's the first way, discipleship, love for one another. The other way is evangelism. Again, sharing your faith with those who don't believe. And just being willing to be a vessel of God to share the good news, the hope of Jesus with 
the world. Now, I just want to end by reading kind of the rest of this passage in Colossians. And just listen to the ways Paul is describing this happening here. Starting in verse 9, Colossians 1. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life, listen, live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. Paul says that almost at exact same line. He says it in Philippians 1.27. He says it in Ephesians 4.1. He says it in 2 Thessalonians 2.12, that we should live a life worthy of the Lord. That word worthy means that your life, again, should make sense. If you believe the gospel, your life, the way you live it should make sense. That's what worthy means. That I believe something, I've clung to something, I'm hoping in something, I have faith in Jesus. Does my life line up with that faith? It should. That's what worthy of the Lord means. Are we living our lives in a manner worthy of the Lord? And then he says, bearing fruit. Here's what it looks like. Bearing fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God. Discipleship. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So that you may have great endurance and patience And joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And Paul is just ending that passage by saying, listen, in case you ever are tempted to forget what your motivation is for making disciples, what your motivation is for sharing the good news of Jesus, your motivation is that you were dead in darkness. And now you've been brought into the glorious hope and freedom of the glory of the children of God in the light. And he said, the redemption that we've received, the forgiveness of sins. We were all once dead in our sins, but made alive through the grace of God in Christ Jesus. If that's true of you, go share that. And help your brothers and sisters to walk that faith out as well. And if that's not true of you yet, I would just, again, I would ask you, what's, what's keeping you? Man, what's keeping you from Jesus? You like being dead in sin? You like living in darkness and shame? I don't think you do. And if you would just see the hope that is given you in Christ Jesus today and you would cling to Christ in faith, you too will receive the redemption, the forgiveness of sins brought from darkness to light. And so um, this morning, just want to give us an opportunity again just to pray to the Lord and seek him where we're at in this. So let's bow our heads. If you guys would, just bow your heads with me. And we're going to sing in just a minute. And I would ask you guys, when we sing, just to sing. Stand and sing and praise God with us. But right now, let's just take a minute to pray. And we'll give you some time to do that on yourself or on, on your own. But two things. I would just ask you to pray. God, when it comes to discipleship, do I need to be discipled right now? How can I do that? How can I step into that? How can I draw near to the the ways in which you're asking me to grow in my faith? Or is there someone I can be discipling? Is there someone I can be helping to grow in their faith? Just ask the Lord to lead you in that. And then the second thing would just be, God, is there somebody around me right now that doesn't know you? Somebody that you want me to share the good news with? Lead me to them and give me the faith and the courage to share it with them.
But finally, for anybody in this room who doesn't know Jesus, I would just give you this opportunity right now in this moment. Come to him in faith. Confess your sins. Repent. And confess faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. So I just want to give you time to pray. And then in the moment when the band plays, let's just stand and let's sing and praise the Lord together. So let's keep praying.